Houston, and have a revolution. Welcome to the TCU Podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Andre Culleton. Today we're going to be discussing Disney Renaissance gender-bending classic, possibly accidental trans narrative, which also created a possibly accidental trans anthem. We're talking about Mulan. So there's a 2020 live action. I did not watch that, but I did watch Mulan 2 as well, because primarily we're going to be talking about the 1998 animated feature starring Ming-Na, Lea Salonga, Eddie Murphy, Petey Wong, and why not, Donny Osmond. It, of course, features the song Reflection by Christina Aguilera, which feels like it's about transitions, and that's why I kind of cry like a baby whenever I hear it, so we'll get into that. I cannot tell you how much I need this guest in order to discuss this movie. He is a director, an animator, a writer, recently represented by Paradigm, yes, yes, and more yes. What can I say? He has a Mulan tattoo, one of my favorite collaborators. It's Michael Yes. Welcome, Michael. Hi, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this. Again, I think you know how um, obsessed I am with this movie. Yeah, this is, I think, a flawless movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you claimed this one, and then you know a rush <laughs> of people tried to claim it after you, and I, I just fought them off. With Mulan's sword, I said, (laughs) this is Michael's movie. As usual, we're going to start with our nostalgia scan. Our meter, of course, reads from zero to 100. So we're just going to calm our minds. We're going to confer with the ancestors and be honest with ourselves. How much nostalgia do we really have for Mulan? Michael, some people are a little wary of the scan, so if you would like, I will go first. Okay, yeah, I just want to know, lead, lead the way, lead the way, please. Any new, you know, t- technology that uh, cryo-freeze <laughs> or whatever is scary. Um, so, Scanning. Um, I was a little bit old to watch a Disney animated movie at this point. I was, you know, a teenager, but still, the Disney Renaissance, I think, has some of the tightest storytelling anywhere in cinema. So I'm going to give it a solid 85. Are you ready to step into the scan, Michael? Yeah, I think so. Go ahead. Scanning. Anyone knows me knows that this is like my top three movie ever. So I have to give it like a hundred. I might be biased. Yes. I think think it's a really, really flawless movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are like issues with like you know, a few things, but like, I think in terms of like storytelling and like characters and everything about like the music and and the score is perfect to me. Amazing. Yes. I was really worried that you were going to break the scan with this one, Michael. So (laughs) I'm glad that didn't happen, but I see a hundred for Michael Yip and Mulan is a really good calibration for the machine. (laughs) We're going to move on to our synopsis. This is a situation where Mulan does have a drag persona that is Ping. 
but shifts back and forth with it a little bit more than, say, a Viola Sebastian from She's the Man, which is our first episode you're going to hear. Because mm. I just don't really know, and I can't have a conversation with Mulan. So we're going <laughs> we're gonna to take a little leave of faith here, and uh, feel free to chime in. And and tell me uh, tell me how wrong I am um, about that choice. No, I think I think I mean I think I think I think okay. Mm. How would I say this? I think Mulan is very comfortable with pain and like finds a lot of. I'm gonna, I'm can I can I make Mulan non-binary? Is that is that okay? This is a safe space, Michael, and this is an interpretation. You go for it. They're them pronouns for Mulan because why not? I think Mulan finds a lot of solidarity and like safety net in being Ping and I think their relationship with Ping helps helps them accept who they are, I think. We open with a Hun attack on China's Great Wall. Shan Yu is fully like arriving, attacking, and wants everyone to know he's a queen. <laughs> Entrance is is flawless pretty much. He's giving me like leather daddy a little oh, bit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> would I go there at the in the right space and time, not knowing his background or his his psychosis? <laughs> I would probably go there. <laughs> the emperor basically says, "We need all the dudes. Got to get all the dudes. This is a situation." We meet Mulan, who is clearly like a, a chronically late person, using her dog to do the chores. Basically, maybe doesn't give a fuck a little bit, you know, maybe just generally doesn't give a fuck because it's just so far away from her actual interests and personality. Their actual interests and personality. There we go. Their dad is like literally praying for them to get their shit together. It's this day where (laughs) they're going to go to the matchmaker and they go to town to first get cleaned up. So that's a whole read. (laughs) It's a whole backstage in drag race read (laughs) and all the ladies basically sing about how mulan sucks as a girl and they that they you know have to get their shit together and be a woman so that they can bring honor to the family that is the stakes in this movie is to bring honor to your family does that sound familiar as a queer person michael Yeah, I think, like, being queer, and especially, like, I think why this movie resonated with me so much is that, like, being a queer person and being Chinese and, like, having such, like, strong familial ties to, like, kind of what your family expects of you. Like, one of the very few movies that actually does that successfully. And you feel it. I feel her. I... I, um, fun fact, um, so this movie came out when I was, like, five, I want to say. So this was, I think, like, one of the first Chinese or, like, Asian animated movie from disney yeah and oh, my yeah. mom bought me like both the chinese version of like the cantonese version of the movie and the english mo- version so that i could learn english sure. when i was in hong kong um sure. so i really really loved this movie like there was so much the kind of memories associated with this but also mm-hmm. i performed reflection in my school school choir like um okay. it was really really awkward and i so i think this had me like questioning my own identity back then sure. as a kid especially my identity with my sexuality because I felt really really comfortable kind of singing her lyrics and her I mean like Mulan when 
they identify as women or you know i i, I think i also might yeah. get my pronouns wrong throughout this whole we thing we don't know <laughs> yeah we don't know i i think i want to acknowledge that too like what you said earlier is that like we don't again like we don't really know mulan as person like we're, sure. we don't have that ability to you know and we're not even using them. the language that you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that the um, person this is based on would have So we can't, <laughs> yeah, there's like so much that we like don't know. So apologies for the inconsistency in pronouns. I think when when Mulan like sang about her being a, a female in the beginning and like not being a yeah. good daughter and stuff like that, I felt really connected to those lyrics. And when I had to like change it to like, I so I think like when I was performing, we had to change it to like perfect sun or whatever. And it felt... Yeah. And I've never like really identified with my masculinity or like my my maleness, so to speak, because I was yeah. raised by like my mom and and my grandmother, and my dad was like rarely in the picture. Yeah. So it was like really interesting for me to kind of ha- have to acknowledge my masculinity in that sense, and and like having to know that I like should not identify with a female, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So that like definitely I think was one of the formative experiences of my queerness <laughs> that I was like. Yeah, not able to connect. And this song happens so early in the movie that it really is, in from a writer's perspective, the moment that you get behind Mulan mm-hmm. so fucking hard and you're just like, I identify with that. I just got chills. Yeah, no, I, I get emotional throughout this movie multiple times. It's really bad. <laughs> oh, I cried. <laughs> This is a harrowing experience at the at the matchmaker includes a very funny scene of ink getting on the matchmaker's face to make a mustache because literally everything in this movie is about gender, which we love. Uh, I, I just love. noticed that too when I rewatched it yesterday. That like the whole mustache thing was like very drag, like drag king. Yeah, so good. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, every song, it's so good. Then, you know, this is a disaster, basically. And Mulan is once again told that they're not going to bring honor to their family. And that is when Mulan sings Reflection. And we can just see that we're going to really unpack Reflection later. But mm. that we're, we see that there's all this stuff in Mulan's culture that dictates their behavior and it's literally not a single one of those things is something that calls to them so this is the sadness of queerness (laughs) their dad tells them you know whatever okay it's all good then the army shows up the dad has a serious injury from the previous war so he is the only male in the family and Mulan tries to step in and stop this and then (laughs) The dad once again says that you're going to dishonor. You dishonored me right now. You just did it right now. (laughs) There's then a sequence basically where Mulan is super sad, spies on the dad who's like having a moment with a mom. You can totally like you, your, your imagination goes crazy just from seeing this like silhouette (laughs) through the, the window. And, you know, it's certain death. He's going to die. There's no chance that this man is coming back from it because he can't even, he needs physical therapy. He like literally tries to do like a move where there's no opponent and he falls down. So this is not somebody who should be going to war 
nobody should be going to war. But in particular, this is not, you know, somebody who should be compelled even to sign up in this situation. Mulan's hanging out in the rain, which also happens in Mulan 2, never gets a cold. I don't know what's happening with that. <laughs> Holy motherfucking shit. It's all coming together in their brain. Mulan cuts their hair, grabs the full army suit of their dads, and takes a horse and, and takes the, the fuck off, you know? This is, this is a real choice. And like the bravest thing in the world, really. It's so emotional to watch this. So, you know, Grandma has an instinct and wakes up almost immediately. Like they know that Mulan is gone. And they're just like, oh shit. They pray to the ancestors who call forth Mushu, who is sort of like this demoted guardian dragon. So, used to be real shit, but now is just uh, banging a gong. He hilariously, of course, breaks the Great Stone Dragon, and then through mime stuff, which is a big thing for him, he he takes that dragon's place and goes forth to protect Mulan. There's also a cricket. <laughs> the true hero. Shen Yu is fully, you know, unpacking why, uh, you know, he's so triggered by the emperor you know in the great wall really that's <laughs> yeah no really yeah for sure i mean that was like a full therapy scene if you think about it yeah i mean yeah he has a lot to unpack for sure because like if someone is building something to protect themselves and it's triggering you like you need to see what happened in your childhood yeah exactly he's motivated <laughs> mushu catches up with mulan and makes you know weird a weird comment about seeing through their army stuff. That was a moment. There's a moment where he says he can see right through. Okay. <laughs> they enter camp and they meet Yao, who is Harvey Firestein. Okay, cool. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, uh, I didn't know that until now. That's okay. To okay, Harvey yeah. Firestein's credit, he okay. did say at the time that he wanted to pass this up so that an Asian actor could play it, but then accepted it after he was told that more than half the cast is mm. Asian like royalty. So, you know, he's uh, queer and amazing. Yeah, and we love, love him. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, good to see him queering up the place. We meet Lee Shang who is made captain here and told that, you know, just train the new recruits up and daddy's going to let you come to the front and fight. Great. Shang is my Disney prince. Mm, mm -hmm. This is a serious situation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hot. The new recruits are uh, like a full-blown mess, and Mulan is at the epicenter of it. It's not like Mulan is particularly gifted at this point at fighting and shit. They haven't been given the opportunity, clearly, in their daily life. Exactly. Even though they live at that bitching place, that would be a great place to train. Right? right? Like, in the, in the, like, I think there was like a temp, like a family you temple or something. Me? Yeah. That By the, is under my the house. bridge. <laughs> <laughs> When are, we, when are we moving, Michael? Exactly. <laughs> so at the training camp, Mulan chooses most of the the drag stuff right out of thin air. Why? You don't go to your first drag performance and then choose your name before, right before you get on stage. <laughs> no, she was, they were ill-prepared. 
<laughs> ill-prepared to be Ping, but Ping is what they settle on. And Shang meets Ping and immediately just thinks that they are lame. They're just kind of a weirdo. The persona is weird and, and continues to be weird. <laughs> Shang then sings, I'll make a man out of you, which, uh, I mean, it's... Uh, I love the song. <laughs> it's just a bop. And suddenly, you know, he's a trans mask transition coach. And <laughs> yes, 30,000 yes. followers for Ping. This would be the perfect... If you want to do modern day Mulan, why wasn't that the story? Right. Ping is, you know, becoming, uh, throughout the song, kind of an iconic person. Um, they're just rising to the challenge, and at the end, they're good at this shit. They're the star quarterbacks. I mean, so. yeah, they were, like, the only one who figured out how to use, what is it, like, discipline and sure. strength or something, sure. which is, like, those giant weights on their arm to, like, yeah. climb up the thing. Like, they were the only person who, like, was smart enough to think about that, so... And the recall it later was is amazing. Yeah, oh, I mean, the, the recall was, I think, the best part of this whole movie, but we'll talk about it when it gets there. I'm pretty sure they just went through this script like one time right before they started. And we were like, recall this, recall this, recall <laughs> yeah. this, because it is all sewn together. Mulan wants to take a bath, of course, after all this. This is, can understand public bathing at the gym, as it were. But the fellow soldiers show up. And basically, this is just a situation where she has, uh, they have to hide, you know, their body and then hightail it out of there. And then there's this hilarious thing where they see a parade of dongs, which is an amazing thing. I love that I saw that when I was young. Um, <laughs> uh, just like at the Cub. Now Mulan is crushing on Shang. This is, this is st- sort of starting to be a thing that Mulan's seeing Shang and thinking this is... This is a hot tamale and focusing on that. I think they just weren't focused on that because they were really focused on training. Then there's this thing with Shang being told not to go to the front. But in order, is this, is, am I interpreting this right? That they're told not to go to the front and then Mushu fakes that letter? I think it was that guy. Like there's the guy who's voiced by James Hong. Sure, yeah. Um, I don't know what it's, oh my God, this is really bad. The characters, hey. yeah. Um the like the the weasley guy he yes. said that i think he said something like oh like your team will never be ready like you know don't think i'll be letting you like go to the the front of the line um and then so what yeah so he has something to do with it yeah i think so. chifu chifu there we yeah. go oh my god um yeah, so, <laughs> you're like <"I'm> him <laughs> <laughs> that man yeah he really gets it in the end so uh yeah he's just a dick Basically, and then Mushu orchestrates them going to the front. Exactly, though, yeah. So that Mulan can fulfill destiny and still bring honor to the family, and so that Mushu, of course, can get get uh, a again. good job. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. We all, we have been there, Mushu. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, then the troops uh, sing a song about a girl worth fighting for mm-hmm. while they're walking. Another song about gender. Mm-hmm. So, yes, and I just wrote, are all the songs about gender? I'm realizing it here. <laughs> and then they come upon this decimated village. They find out that Chang's dad, the general, has died, and the situation is just bleak for China. This is like some of the most frank and disturbing war imagery. Like, 
good job, Steven Spielberg, but this is trumping you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Especially like the little the little girl's doll. Oh my god. That was like burnt and singed. I think that was I'd see okay, I I okay, maybe a little boys or a little uh non-binary kids toy sure. because sure, sure, I sure. thought when I first watched it that it might have been the little girl in the beginning. Where yes. like Mulan was singing "Honor to Us All," and um, right. there was a little girl who like got the toy stolen or taken away. Right, right. I thought it was the same girl, but I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, we <laughs> so we like that. There's no way that little girl like went all the way across China to like do this and like get get killed, like you know. Um. So, anyways, but yeah, that little that little doll like spoke yeah. so much, and that one shot like that was so powerful. Yeah, um, and the red sky. Just the mm-hmm. animation, the way that it makes it feel like this is this turns the world bad, you know? The world is already so harsh and full of snowy tundra. <laughs> exactly. We don't need red skies, too. <laughs> so this, it's bad, um, and they move along. As they're moving along, Mushu sets off this cannon, and that, of course, outs them for their location. Great. He's outs fuck, them. Fuck up. He's a fuck. Yeah, he's an outs yeah. <laughs> for their location. We're out at um, fuck up on Mushu's part again. He's a fuck up. <laughs> he's like the protagonist at this point because he's like propelling the, the. He's like yeah. He's like propelling the plot. Like <laughs> yeah, he's more than a catalyst for sure. Yeah. He definitely has his own storyline where he's the protagonist that is parallel you know seemingly really to Mulan so but you're right that it affects it affects your storyline very direly so you know this this brings out the Hun army they are always just around the corner pretty much and the whole battle ensues it's bad they are outnumbered by a Game of Thrones style amount this is like a gross uh lump in my throat situation i was really i was like what the fuck happens here i forgot you know because it's not really the climax of the movie that's next i was like what is this rising action so she's uh, they steal the cannon mulan runs away from their little troop of like a dozen people and goes right toward that army and digs in shoots the cannon creates an avalanche and buries them it is crazy. Like, Shen Yu is, like, right up on them. And this leaves everybody buried, but it also leaves Mulan injured. She uh, They are bleeding, and so basically uh, we go into the tent scene, which is triggering, because they were unconscious. And they wake up, and everybody knows, and Shang is pissed. It's a, it's not a good look for him. Uh, it's a sad moment. And they leave Mulan in the cold. I thought they didn't even leave them with clothes at first. I was like, what? It looked like a blanket for a sec. Yeah, I think, yeah, it was for, I think for like the longest time, even until after they have their little like roast dumpling moment, I thought she only had, or they only had a, a blanket. Yeah, I don't understand what's happening uh, with that choice. Like, you're basically leaving a person for dead, <laughs> but whatever. But because Mulan is hanging back here, they see the resurrection of these nearly inhuman Han army people. And there's like seven or eight that survive, along, of course, with Shen Yu. Mulan is like, I gotta go, you know, warn the, the, do they name the city? Is it Kigan? 
I don't think they did. No, that's where they go on Mulan too. I'm getting oh, it mixed oh, up. Oh, you did. Yeah. You didn't read that. I went right. deep. Um, I tried but... to block Mulan 2 away from my... Um, you know, it has. You know. It, it is still about gender, which I find fascinating. Oh, good. Oh, good. I haven't watched it like when it like first came out on DVD. That's you how know, old it was. It's really... Um, <laughs> it's something. But, um, but anyway, so they go to the big city, basically, to warn... The, the troop who's being, you know, given accolades by the emperor, and they don't believe them. <laughs> they don't give a shit. They kind of probably do, right? But they say they don't. Shang's jerk. The Huns unveil themselves, and it's a, it's a bad situation. Everybody's running like crazy. Fight starts. And I mean, it was some... a good, like, reveal, though, you know? Like, imagine oh, on yeah. Drag Race, if someone, like, <laughs> pops out of, of a paper dr- lion, like, we'd all gag. I mean, it was a pretty good reveal. <laughs> Again, Sh- Shen Yu's not going to come to Drag Race without reveals planned. Exactly. Outfits done. Songs prepared. Oh, he had two. Yeah, he had two. He had two reveals. He, you know, disguised as yes. a sculpture on the pagoda roofs and then, you what know. about the arm coming out of the snow? Another exactly. Reveal. Oh my god, there we go. Michael, every single, I, I, I defy you to go back and look and name somewhere where an entrance from Shan Yu is not a reveal. Mm. That's probably mm-hmm. the truer mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Planner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Planner. Um, you know that kind of queen. <laughs> so, you know, this is a crazy drag out fight. And I do mean drag out because... <laughs> okay, this is like my favorite part of the whole movie. Only because I think like the male identifying characters yeah. also like kind of re-examined their relationship with their own, you know, yes. gender expression. And I love that. I love that like... All three of them, the friends, Yao. Yeah, Yao. You know, the three of them. Um, (laughs) I I should be so much better than this. I am, okay, Yao, Ling, and Chen Po. There we go. Um, They all, like, you know, do drag. And they're, like, you know, they're pretty good. They're not, like, as, you know, like, the the two, like, uh, there were like two of um, Sean Yu's minions who were like, oh, like ugly concubines. I mean, that's sure. fine. Don't be mean sure. to them. They're, this is their first time, you know. Like, yeah. you know, let, let them be. It was quick drag too. Yeah, like a full two hour beforehand. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, what, Chen, incredible. I mean, Yao didn't even have time to shave, so you know, it's it is right, what it is. Exactly. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and there's nothing you can do about the bags under uh, Yao's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> But so that, you know, th- this drag helps them <laughs> kind of minimally, but helps them break in to where the soldiers and, uh, you know, Shan Yu have kidnapped Emperor into his own palace, really. And they're going to rescue him. Mulan just st- straight up kicks ass here and saves China. And China loves it. Like, that's what happens. I mean, another kind of beckoning uh, trick thing that they do because they're small they use their size you know and getting Chen Yu on the roof and all that stuff mm-hmm. and then just like what happens to the rocket and Mushu helps yeah so it's like it's it's very uh very in line with their skill set we can kind of believe that this is special about Mulan and that nobody else could could do it and, and then at the end the emperor ships Mulan and Chang 
totally ship ships it. I mean, we all do. We all do. We're all shipping it, but Shang, Kang, Shang, and Mulan, like whoever, like we ship. Right. We ship all. You know, and it could be, you know, could could adopt a, another name or a combination of those names as some iconic indie people do. So yeah. Um, so you know, that's the movie. Of course, it's it's such a amazing point of discussion because not only does this movie have a gender journey that brings up a lot of themes of queerness and transition, but also just because Disney does filmmaking pretty damn well. It comes with this pop song that became an anthem for really the LGBTQ community over. I really do kind of want to just start with the song because I think it's so important. Let's do it. I want to say like basically at the top that I I listen to this song and I think about the lyrics about you know, when she's singing, who is that girl that I see? I think about myself. Mm. I feel like the ter- terminology that Mulan is using is how I felt about myself when I was 14 because mm. I didn't have any of the language. So I was looking in the mirror and I was, and I, I, until I was 21 and I had heard of transness, I never thought that I could be anything other than a quote unquote girl. So I that was the framework. So that is how I would frame it to myself. Like who what kind of girl are you going to be? Because right now the way that you're shaping this clay, you know, because you don't know what to do with it is is not working and it's not making you feel like yourself or feel mm-hmm. good. So that's I I literally feel like uh pretty, you know, uh me and I also do feel like flipping the lyric works and it works for queer people and, you know, gay people who aren't trans. Also, it, it can work for cis people. A reminder from the podcast, <laughs> you can go on that gender journey. If you're cis, you're welcome. We invite you. Um, but I think it's something that works on the flip side. And that's why it became such an anthem. What are your feelings about the song? Yeah, I think, I mean, I absolutely agree. I think in terms of like character and in terms of like the story, I think it was so important for Mulan to not only like look at themselves in the reflection. And like, there was a shot where it's so powerful where, where they like wipe off half of the makeup. Yes. And yes. that was like, they were like caught in between two worlds. And I think, again, like those moments were so powerful to me because I think, so like, yeah, like I think growing up queer and like, like kind of, I found myself in between a lot of intersectionality, like, you know, like growing up with like literally like raised by three women and like yeah. being back then identifying as like completely cis. And now I think I'm more comfortable with being like a little more fluid. I don't really yeah. know like what my like journey is in that aspect, sure. but I think I'm definitely more comfortable like being fluid and like embracing femininity. Yeah. And I think that was so just like an important song to even like bring up that question for little kids, especially I think this what this was like really early on, like in the nineties, right? And like I feel like people don't talk about that in the nineties that much. Um, whereas yeah. now it's much more, you know, it's much more open and like, you know, like and just like that talked about it. Like there was so much more like conversation about it. But like I think again, like this was the first time where I felt like being different and like not fitting in had a voice. And I think yeah. 
that's why hopefully I think that's why like we both kind of resonated with it is because this was so unique in in the time and that like again I think what you said it gave us words and vocabulary even like almost like the permission to talk about it which I think is again groundbreaking back then true yeah exactly something you know something that people say a lot about the language in the film is like oh it's so gendered and it's binary but in that time it was a really good place to start Mm -hmm. so it it reached us and you know this was at a time where i was getting so heavy into the pop scene i loved the boy bands Mm. i feel like i wanted to almost resonate with it more like that i there was a part of me that was actually holding back a little bit Mm. or filtering it through like okay it's okay because this is a disney princess Mm. so you know i'm okay but there there could have been even a next level obviously if this film came out today people would come for it next level gen z people would come for it next level probably but at the time you know this was something that is almost just like an echo through the trans cinematic universe Mm-hmm. that I faintly heard and couldn't fully reach. Um, but I kind of f- feel like today, um, you know, we take we take a rocket ship to it. We're able to go to these places and say, I can see that little child and I can see what it meant to them. And I can yeah. see maybe some things that were negative from it even. But, but it, it is something that makes me cry, you know, and makes me feel all these emotions. So... I, I always look at net positives, you know, usually don't even look at net negatives. I think possibly if like Mulan was made, I don't know if it was made like in 2022, if it would be like a completely LGBT movie, because again, I think Disney are still trying to figure that out sure. a little bit, especially with like, you know, what happened recently with like the whole Florida thing and like, you know, Disney's relationships with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to leave it there. But, um, you know, I hopefully like, in a, I, I I always wonder like if it was made in, in you know in the next few years like if it yeah. would be a completely trans story and I think I would love that but right. I wonder if they would do that because they're again like the story is so like rooted in transness and rooted in like gender queerness. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like you know with the adaptation that they did. What I- adaptation? <laughs> they did. Michael is all sauce. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's like a choice that they make for a money spin, and they could have done that, couldn't they? Have? Mm-hmm. There's differences and similarities to transition here or NB journeys. Mulan doesn't. I I think we do see something that looks like a a, a mechanism for binding. We see that plainly. We see that um, in the hospital or the hospital tent. I, again, with, you know, what I said during our She's the Man episode, that's physical and that is painful. Mm. I do think that this would have to be a a a cup situation <laughs> for that to be anything, <laughs> you know, that could be movable. It's not like it's made by Under Armour. Uh, whatever whatever they were wearing. right yeah it was like strips of cloth or whatever that they had to like literally like yeah 
Very yeah. similar probably to a modern day ace bandage situation mm. for a trans guy. The haircut, I think, is, is so quick and easy. Ping's rocking it, you know? Ping is rocking it. It looks great. <laughs> Can have a dragon tie up their hair in like it's, less oh. than a second, but also wears it down and wears it well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like both the looks. I do think that some of the performative masculinity that Ping enters the camp with wears off by the end of the song with the training. And that is, you know, really the po- point where Ping is embracing this new identity. So they're walking with confidence. I walked with a hunch. I had a small voice. I was worried people could hear my breathing. It was a weird, mm. like, psychological thing where I was like, oh, God, I don't breathe that loud. I'm sorry, you know? Uh, this is the moment where Ping moves through, thinking about who they are and are just are just who they are. I think it's iconic. Um, it's a moment. So, you know, that is, that is a, a point of transition that, that really pings me. <laughs> there also are, you know, some moments that feel more like drag for purpose, um, mm. which is uh, there's, there's a, a hustle here that, that is for honor. So it's not the typical cash hustle of a drag queen or fame. <laughs> <laughs> notoriety but um it's a hustle for honor so there is some sort of uh, drag theme here a little bit but i agree with you that it feels more like true identity that wants to be adopted into the everyday yeah and i think mulan before they kind of committed to like this whole journey of self-discovery like mm-hmm. they were very like i mean can we say that they were like very insecure? I don't think they were. I think like the society yeah. around them was just kind of more like you are born a female, you have right. to act like a female. I think they were, I, th- I think, yeah, they, they definitely had a lot of shame, which is therefore like reflection, sure. right? Like sure. that was like a song about like, I think shame and like looking into not having self-worth. They're an AFAB compartmentalizer because even up until the time that they give their dad, what is it like tea? They give them tea and they say, oh, here's the backup. And then he says, oh, you're mm-hmm. supposed to already be in town. So literally Mulan is compartmentalizing to the point that we don't really know that they're going somewhere that day until that mm. moment. And that really says to me that it's like, up oh, and then I'm on. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. I see that though. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, so wow. I, I do, yeah. I, I think that there's there's a lot in that, where, in the moment where Mulan is the round peg going through the square hole, is the only mm. real moment of discomfort too. So clearly, that's a compartmentalization that is so that they can keep, you know, one point of pain in one area, you know, because they're not somebody who woke up out of bed and said, "I hate myself." You know, they wake up out of bed, they cut the um, slit in the bag, they tie it to the dog. <laughs> you know, it's like, I have a plan. <laughs> Ingenious, though. Like, 
I think I think Mulan has is been it? like such a smart character like throughout the whole thing. Like no one is as smart as smart. No one sure. is as smart as they are. I'm pretty sure when the dog goes through that archway though, he is going away from the chickens in any area where the chickens would be. Um but <laughs> best laid plans. <laughs> But, you know, it's so close. It's so close. They just need a little baby gate on that thing. <laughs> um, so uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about this iconic pairing of Mulan and Shang. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I mentioned before gender journeys for people who possibly could identify primarily as cis. And I do think that that we see a glimpse of it here. I don't want to put you in any pain, Michael, but there's a lot of unpacking of this in Mulan 2. Okay. Yes, they deep dive their relationship in Mulan 2. And it really, it ends up with Shang being presumed dead and he's drenched wet with his hair down. Mm. Um, And there's sort of like a moment there. So I might, I'll clip out some imagery for you so that you don't have to actually watch the whole thing. But it is interesting to see that there is some discussion of gender still and there's like a joke even that he makes with her in that movie about, um, you know, they're about to break the rules, and she says, isn't that against the rules? And he says, yeah, it's right there next to don't dress up as a man and join the army. And he (laughs) is, like, totally with it with her, you know, in Mm. that moment, or with them. So I I, I do love this pairing, and I just think that it's iconic true love, even from the the original movie. How do you feel about that? I mean, isn't Shang, like... Um, a bi icon or like a sure. you know pan icon or whatever. Sure, Shang was very like intrigued by Ping as a as a person, and like mm-hmm. I think was able to like have some sort of romantic intentions. Again, like, I think yeah. like you know we have to read between the lines here because one, it's a Disney movie; they can't like go there, sure. and two, it was made in like nineteen ninety eight, <laughs> and they definitely didn't go there then. Right, but you know. As a as a line reader, <laughs> um, I definitely think Shang is like kind of bisexual or kind of you know not not completely straight, and I think that I, I love that. Yeah, I think you know based on their background, they both have fathers that were war heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, they you know can they both are good at fighting. Mulan just needs to have access to the training. And they both, you know, often rock a similar hairstyle. So this is a this is a real, you know, WeHo gay situation where I don't think I love that they like meet in the they middle. They totally meet in the middle, and they um, complement each other in a lot of ways too because of the AFAB and AMAB journeys that they've been on. Uh, so I I do think that this is a, very lightly touched on. I I remembered it being more than it was. Mm. Perhaps that was you know, because uh, of something happening between me and Shang. (laughs) I did want to say one more thing about Mulan, too, which is that it opens with a scene of Mulan teaching little girls to fight. Mm. And it also includes a song called Other Girls, because these princesses are trying to have a life that is at least as good as other girls so there are there are gender songs and stuff it is a continued theme they were like this ip is about gender i i think that this movie in particular is really successful in just 
shaping the way that we think of the possibilities. This is a person that was born into a culture that just said no. No to everything that they were and no to their dreams. And that is that, you know, that taps taps into something for me, actually, Michael, because when you take away people's dreams, people who are sometimes people who are cis, sometimes people who are straight, that are very closed minded, they never give appreciation to the fact that if you don't have dreams and you don't have hope in your life to make your dreams come true, you you can't live. It's a, your body, your heart might be beating, you might be breathing oxygen, but, you know, you're essentially DOA. What Mulan allowed me as a kid to do is also, like, again, like, to dream, to, like, kind of understand a possibility of, like, of, like, not, like, pressured by society, right? Like, where you're able to, like, explore things that are traditionally not something that is... Well, okay, so I guess, like, to me specifically, like, the, like I, so I was a fashion designer before I became a writer and director, and mm-hmm. I think fashion designing as an industry feels very, like, quote-unquote feminine, um, and, it, and I think it was because of movies like Mulan that, like, allowed me to have conversation about myself as to, like, what does it mean to like kind of break free from what society tells you to do again like this is literally Mulan's whole journey throughout the whole movie and this is such an important thing to like acknowledge that like these dreams are things that will like allow us to become better versions of ourselves and to allow us to explore like every facet of who we are and accept ourselves for like the good and the bad right I think there are so many times that we are almost like forced into these little bubbles and pockets and I think Mulan definitely did open that door for me. Um, I think it was also a really kind of poignant movie back then in the 1990s, 1998 to be specific. And I think as like a queer Chinese person, I think it was the first time where I felt like my struggles was heard. And um, I mean, like recently we also had like Moxie Pang and she did this amazing show. Uh, did you watch Little Princess on? Oh, so she did. Um, she directed this like short about like this kind of queer NB kid. I don't really. I think like the one of the the main kids pronouns I think are they them. Um, so like non-binary, and there was like a little scene in the background where like on the TV um, was playing Mulan, and I think Moxie was sharing that um, Mulan had this effect on like this like queer Chinese people that like felt so poignant, for lack of a better word. Um, that sounds that beautiful. I, I'll have yeah. to check that out. I mean, that's honestly like. The whole point of the podcast, you know, is mm-hmm. just to show these ripple effects and show these amazing, you know, artists that, that I'm having as guests um, that are part of watching that stuff and creating the new stuff. I think that I think the um, the music was actually so well done in this whole thing. Oh, God, I think yes. I think any good <laughs> any good Disney movie is linked to like how amazing the m- music is, and this is like one of the tops. I think, yeah. as you said, like all the songs are so based in like gender and like gender identity um, that I think it, it does like a really great job. And I think the first one is about like kind of how you see yourself, right? The second one is I'll make a man out of you. So it's almost like. Yeah 
almost like gender norms forced onto you. And then the third one is like the girl worth fighting for. There we go. And that is also about like kind of forcing kind of like an idealized version of a gender to someone else. And I think the music does such a wonderful job in kind of dissecting that. And and there's like such a great sense of irony in the whole thing. Whereas like Mulan, like we know as the audience that like Mulan, like Mulan is like, kind of teeter-tottering between these two yeah. binaries and you know they have to like deal with all these songs like about gender <laughs> norms and identity and I think it, the songs again like without the songs I don't think the movie would work as well definitely hint hint remake um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but, um, where are my songs <laughs> exactly I just want someone to sing reflection I don't think that's too hard I mean here's the thing if you're gonna play good music you gotta expect queer people so that mm-hmm. you know, you know, if they turn around and say you guys are identifying with this movie, it's like, what did you expect? You made these bops and you put them in a row, and they're all about gender. So yeah, I totally agree. I think these songs are honestly little, little uh, microcosms of point of view within the story, within this world, and I just think it's a really cool way to go through the story through these like giant montages and you feel different at the end of the song which is just Mm. so crazy there's really not a lot of other disney movies that i feel like it's so winning and so the animation is so you know startling shockingly good so yeah mulan a classic i i love giving people an excuse to watch a great movie. So it was a lot of fun to watch that. We are going to move on to our game segment now. It's a very special, I know, special episode, as Michael knows, because I didn't tell him what game we were playing. (laughs) That's because today our guest proclaimed themselves a super fan. So... (laughs) Oh God! I already like screwed up the names of the friends. I love you, Michael. (laughs) But it's pop quiz time. Okay. I hope you're right with your lord because I'm about to drill you with ten questions. Are you ready? Sure. Yes, as I'll ever be. Here we go, Michael. (laughs) Number one. What is the other teen pop sensation that had a duet with Stevie Wonder on the soundtrack? It was not Christina Aguilera. Girl, I'll give you oh, a Oh, was hint. it Raven Simone? No, it's a boy oh. band. Teen pop sensation boy band. I don't think I was in America then. Was it anything? <laughs> the correct answer is Four Top 98 Degrees. Oh. Yes, true okay. to your heart. All oh. right, in what video game is the Mulan world playable? Kingdom Hearts. Two? Wow, Michael. Amazing answer. The correct answer is Kingdom Hearts 2, the world in it is called Land of Dragons. Oh my god, Good okay, job. that was that was that was that was just luck. That was impressive <laughs> and wear it well. Finish the reflection lyric. I okay. am now in a world where I have to find my heart and trust what I believe in. And what I believe in. We'll accept the answer from Michael. It was very close. This isn't Wheel of Fortune, Pat. Thank you. All right. <laughs> now, I appreciate how, it. How do you say hello as a man in Mulan, Michael? How do men say hello? 
by spitting at one another? Oh, hitting someone's so, butt. It is it is actually punching. You are right oh, that right. all those things happen in that scene, <laughs> but a punch is the way Mushu says men say hello. I am doing really bad at this. I am sorry for anyone who's actually I need <laughs> I need you to believe in yourself, Michael. Yes. All right, question number 5. Shan Yu and his falcon have the same color eyes. Do you know why, Michael? Because they like share the same soul. I don't know why. You know what, Michael? We're going to accept that answer because in the original script, they had a telepathic connection. Mm, okay, okay. I would have okay. liked to see that. I, that wouldn't have bothered me. Yeah. Right. Kind of like an Ursula moment. Now, this one might be a really tough one for you, Michael. Oh, God. Yeah, yes or no? Is Ming Na in the straight to video Mulan 2? Yes. Good job, Michael. The answer is yes. Ming-Na is in it. So is B.D. Wong. But but Eddie Murphy is played by a white guy who does voice impressions, and it is impressive. Okay. (laughs) Um, Um, We also love that B.D. Wong is, like, gay. You know, like, there are so many queer, like, actors in this movie. We love it. B.D. Wong is such an icon. There's a question coming up about him in a second. Okay. Uh, Number seven, yes or or no. Michael, are you watching Book of Boba Fett? (laughs) No, I am not. (laughs) Question number eight, why not? I, I've been, I've been trying to get, okay, like, this is gonna, like, bite me in the ass one day, but I've been trying to get into Star Wars for the longest time, and I was, I am unable to. There is no reason as to why, it's just not, it's just not me. Well, Michael, that is a tailor-made answer, so that is the correct answer. Did you see the look they gave B.D. Wong in the Jurassic Park Dominion trailer? No, I think so. I mean, I oh, with the hair, the center part, right? Exactly. Oh, but the okay. answer is I yes. I thought you meant the look. Okay, yes, <laughs> the look. Yeah, yeah, it was a look. It is a look. That yeah. is correct. Number ten. Fill in the blank. We're all born dishonoring our families, and the rest is what, Michael? Drag. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god, I got one Fire. thing right. I think. So it's the end of our quiz, but I'm just glancing out of the corner of my eye and tallying the points, and it looks like you passed with flying colors. You are now the resident TCU expert on Mulan. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I hope someone beats me really soon. (laughs) Congratulations, Michael. It is now time to turn it over to our Gender Icon Award. This is going to be Shang for me. I think uh, maybe everybody might have seen that coming. Cartoon Hot, Me Likey. I just, I do um, have, <laughs> I have a thing for um, buff Asian men. Uh, and this is a thing that extends to the stack of Jiraiya comic books uh, <laughs> that I have in my room. I like mm-hmm. to revisit those just to see the guys. I think between Mulan and Shang and Ping, uh, there's a spark. There's mm-hmm. common interest, as I said. There's a touch of that energy that those couples have when they you know, post those reels of like, one person going through a transition um, and staying with them. Mm. There is a little bit of that story there mm. that let, you know, we're talking about a 1998 Disney cartoon and the fact that there's a, 
a little bit of that energy there is iconic. Uh, obviously, Mulan is like a huge gender icon, but I'm giving it to Shang today because I just think that this is an interesting story, tangential to Mulan's, by a super hot person. And at the end, you know, the emperor ships it, the fam ships it, and the ancestors ship it. So <laughs> who are we to to say no? So I'm giving mine to Shang. What about you, Michael? I'm going to give it to the cricket because I think, number one, the cricket has not been gendered throughout sure. this whole thing. So sure. we love that for them. Sure. And then two, the cricket went from like, also had their own identity crisis, right? Like yes. by t- people telling them that they're lucky, lucky, lucky all the time. Mm-hmm. And then be- having that like intense <laughs> imposter syndrome throughout the whole movie. And then at the <laughs> end, having to come out to Mu- uh, Mushu and saying that like, you know, they're not lucky. They don't know what they are. Right. I just love that. That like whole journey was great. I think, again, it, yes. it like feels very much like queer experience. Um, so I'm going to give it to Cricket. But again, I would have given it to Shang as well. So can we have, can we give this to both? Oh, no, no. We give out, we give out as many awards as are required on the show. <laughs> oh, yes, there um, we go. It's, it's, a, it's a safe zone. Um, so yeah, the Cricket for sure also I, I do think is... Uh, emblematic of the ripple effect um, where you can even with you know the movie that we were talking about I think before we started recording Turning Red people are writing think pieces saying oh this is very specifically about Asian people and it it's just it's just a weird thing where somebody literally just thinks of themselves as a different kind of yeah human that's all that (laughs) it's so gross and just thinking about it if you think about it in the russian doll scenario of that scene where it's like mulan's journey mushu's journey and cricket's journey just unpack try to unpack um movies and queer stories like that if you're finding it difficult to and you might see all of the human elements that are are shining through you see, this, it's a little cricket, but this movie is <laughs> deep as fuck. <laughs> deep as fuck. Best uh, movie ever, which is why, like, again, like, top three easily. Easily. Oh. I, I don't have movie tattoos on me, and I have, like, her flower on my knee. So. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> to Shang and Cricket. Many happy returns. Well, Michael, this is the part of the podcast where I tell you that I think you are so talented. (laughs) You are such a wonderful friend. And thank you for bringing queer stories to the public. The ones that you've released are amazing. And I cannot wait to see what you do in the future. I hope that some of those things are a collaboration between the two of us. And probably something super duper gay. I really (laughs) hope so. We have a track record at this point. (laughs) I would just like to thank you so much for having me on this. This is, has been so much fun. Um, and again, like, I think I have so much kind of um, respect for you and your work. And, and there has been so much like kind of great collaborations that we had between the two of us. So I hope that will continue on. And this has been such an honor. So thank you. Thank you again for having me. Thank you, Michael. Wow. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> Follow the links in the description to check out all my projects and watch my show, Bombshell. There are so many different ways to watch and support. Just go and discover them. Some of them are queer companies. We love that. And, you know, watch it if you've ever wanted to see a trans man uh, talking to his ghost penis. And we loved it. It was so good. That was my favorite part. (laughs) Thank you so much. We have so much amazing stuff coming up. 
Monster List of Films, Monster List of Guests. We will be here every single Wednesday, a new fresh episode on The Matrix, Tootsie. Look at the list of films and think about how much gender expansion there honestly has been in the TCU phase one. Thank you, Milan. Thank you, Mingna. And thank you, Michael. We are out.